Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 23rd of December. India's COVID-19 tally crossed the 1 crore 99,000 mark today with an addition of a little short of 24,000 fresh infections. Under 400 fresh fatalities were recorded in the last 24 hours and the nationwide death toll stood at the 146,000 mark. The centre today assured that the new strain of the virus that was discovered in the United Kingdom has not been seen in India yet. It also explained that it had issued detailed standard operating procedures or SOPs for states regarding travellers from the UK. The Tamil Nadu government ordered the imposition of a night curfew in the state starting from today till the 2nd of January. The curfew will last from 10pm to 6am every day. The Maharashtra government meanwhile lifted restrictions on amusement parks, water sports parks and tourist places outside of containment zones. The Delhi High Court has directed the Ahmadmi Party government today to put together standard operating procedures or SOPs to deal with post-COVID-19 complications. It also told the state government to ensure the availability of facilities to test and quarantine travellers from the United Kingdom. In Ahmedabad, after a month-long survey, more than 7 lakh people have been registered as high-risk population that will receive vaccination against COVID-19. The municipal corporation officials had engaged in data collection on priority groups from the first week of November. The farmers' agitation at the borders of Delhi against the centre's new farm laws entered the 28th day today. Farmers at the Ghazipur border of Delhi today performed a fire ritual or havan to mark the birth anniversary of the country's former Prime Minister Chaudhary Charan Singh. This day is celebrated as Kisan Divas or Farmers Day in India. A delegation of Trinamool Congress leaders sent by West Bengal Chief Minister Mamata Banerjee met the protesting farmers at the Delhi border today. The farmers' relay hunger strike at the Singhu border was still on. Criticizing the BJP government for stretching the farmers' agitation, National Congress Party or NCP leader Sharad Pawar said that it was unfortunate that the farmers were protesting for their rights on Kisan Divas. Other opposition leaders like Samajwadi Party's Akhilesh Yadav said that the BJP was insulting farmers. Meanwhile, Defence Minister Rajnath Singh said that the government was talking with full sensitivity with farmers. He also expressed hope that their protests against the three agricultural laws would be withdrawn soon. To know more about the farmers' protest and the farm bills, do check out our explainer titled What are farmers' bills and how will it affect the farmers? You'll find it on our website newslaundry.com. Also, if you happen to read in Hindi, do read Basant's recent report on how the BJP unit of Punjab used the picture of a Punjabi actor called Harpreet Singh posing as a farmer without his consent for a government advertisement that had the tagline Happy Farmer Prosperous Nation. An angry Harpreet Singh called the act disgusting and said that he is going to take legal action. The report is titled Jo Shak Singhu Border Per Pradarshan Kar Raha Hai Use BJP Ne Apne Vigyapan Me Bataya Khushhal Kisan. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. For a debate on Arnab Goswami's Republic Bharat TV channel, Ofcom, the British communication regulator, has imposed a fine of £20,000 on Worldview Media Network Limited. The network holds the license to broadcast Goswami's Hindi news channel in the United Kingdom. In its order against the company, Ofcom mentioned Republic Bharat's September 6th episode of the show Poochta Hai Bharat. According to the order, Ofcom's executive found that this program contained uncontextualized hate speech and that this content was potentially highly offensive, breaching rules of the broadcasting code. It further stated that the program contained statements which amounted to hate speech against Pakistani people on the basis of their nationality. 
noting that the debate included references to Pakistanis as, and I'm quoting, terrorists, donkeys, monkeys, beggars and thieves, Ofcom said that these negative descriptions constituted uncontextualized abuse and derogatory treatment of Pakistani people on the grounds of their nationality. It further read, and I quote, These statements would potentially be harmful and highly offensive to any person who did not share the sentiment being expressed by the presenter and his Indian guests. In Ofcom's view, the potentially harmful and offensive nature of the content was compounded by the political context in which the episode of Poochta Hai Bharat was broadcast. Unquote. The show hosted by Ranab Goswami was on India's attempt to send the Chandrayaan to the moon, but the debate focused on Indo-Pakistani relations. Did you know that Republic TV and Dish TV were accused by state broadcaster Doordarshan of diluting competition and defeating the due process of auctioning DD free dish slots? Government records show that two TV networks, Republic and Z Media, gamed on the system to exploit Doordarshan's DTH service without paying a penny to Prasar Bharti. In his detailed report titled, How Republic TV and Z Media Illegally Reached Millions of Viewers, Ayush, my colleague, writes, and I quote, in 2017, Republic TV became available for telecast on DD Free Dish, Doordarshan's DTH service, as did 31 other TV channels. This was in violation of norms and cost the state broadcaster Prasar Bharti, which runs DD, at least 52 crore rupees. This is based on documents accessed by News Laundry. Simply put, these 32 channels indulged in illegality to exploit a public DTH platform for free with the help of Dish TV, a private DTH service then owned by Z Media. Over half a dozen channels were from the stable of Z Media. The illegality was brought to the notice of the Central Information and Broadcasting Ministry, then led by M. Venkaya Naidu, which forwarded the complaint to Doordarshan. The ministry also asked Dish TV to come clean about the unauthorized usage of DD Free Dish by Republic TV. To find out more about this, do read the complete report on newslaundry.com. Dear listeners, the Indian media space, as you can see, is in dire need of independent news organizations that do not dance to the tune of advertisers, be it a corporate or even the government. We need to hear stories that matter, not reality shows that pass off as news these days. But for that, you need to step in. News Laundry is one such organization that runs solely on the support of its subscribers who are people who pay to keep news free. So do find time to go through our website, our ground reports, our podcasts and videos. And if you believe in the kind of work we are doing, please do subscribe to us. Go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. 14 members of a Muslim man's family were arrested by the Uttar Pradesh police in Eta district under the state's new anti-conversion law. According to a Times of India report, the accused Muhammad Javed was charged with kidnapping and unlawfully converting a Hindu woman to Islam under the Uttar Pradesh Prohibition of Unlawful Conversion of Religion Ordinance of 2020. According to police officials, some of the accused are currently absconding and the police have announced a reward of 25,000 rupees on each of the missing accused. Times of India reported that the woman, a neighbour of Javed, has been missing since November 17th. The state's new ordinance against unlawful conversions was cleared by Uttar Pradesh Governor Anandiben Patel on 28th of November, just days after it was passed by the state cabinet. At least two people died and 15 fell ill as a result of a gas leak at the Indian Farmers Fertilizer Cooperative Limited or IFCO plant in Uttar Pradesh. The fertilizer plant is located in Allahabad's Fulpur. The deceased have been identified as Assistant Manager of the plant VP Singh and Deputy Manager Abhinandan Kumar. According to an Indian Express report, the staff had sensed pneumonia leak in the plant close to midnight, causing chaos. 
Around 100 employees and officers were present in the plant then. While some managed to escape, others were trapped inside and fell unconscious. Officials said that the affected unit of the plant has been closed and the leak has been stopped. No one outside the plant was affected. Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Ajay Singh Bisht expressed grief and ordered a probe into the matter. 28 years and 9 months after the murder of a Kerala nun named Abhaya, a CBI special court in Thiruvananthapuram today found a priest and a nun guilty of the murder. The court today sentenced two of the three accused people, Father Thomas Kattur and Sister Sefi, to life imprisonment. The priest was a vicar and taught Sister Abhaya psychology at Kottayam's BCM College. Not having been convicted of the crime for over two decades, he had become the secretary to the then bishop. Later, he even rose to become the chancellor of the Catholic diocese in Kottayam. The decision came a day after the CBI found the two guilty of the crime after 28 years. The case was amongst the longest high-profile mystery murder cases in the country since the Catholic nun's body was found inside a well at a convent in Kottayam on 27th of March 1992. A fine of 5 lakh rupees each was also imposed on the priest and the nun. Besides life imprisonment, the two have also been sentenced to seven years in jail for destroying evidence. According to the CBI, Abhaya was killed after she found two priests and a nun in a compromising position inside the kitchen of Pious Convent Hostel. The fear of exposure had led Father Couture to strangulate and kill the victim with the help of the sister and dump her body in the well. And now for some international updates. Coronavirus has infected more than 78 million people around the world, out of which at least 1.7 million have died. The new strain of coronavirus that is spreading rapidly in the United Kingdom seems to have infected two students who returned to Hong Kong from the UK. The Hong Kong Department of Health said on Wednesday that the virus samples from the two students appeared to match the British variant of the virus. However, more analysis is needed to verify the samples. From midnight tonight, London, the southeast and the east of England will enter Tier 4, which are the toughest level of restrictions, similar to the national lockdown in November. The relaxation of rules for Christmas has also been scrapped for much of southeast England and cut to just Christmas Day for the rest of England. The US government and Pfizer, meanwhile, are planning to announce an agreement for the pharmaceutical giant to provide another 70 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines in the second quarter of next year. In other news from the United States, California is on the brink of passing 2 million confirmed cases of coronavirus. With 1.95 million infections recording half a million in just two weeks, state officials said that the state could see 100,000 hospitalizations in January. Antarctica, the only continent that had not been affected by the pandemic, has recorded its first cases of COVID-19. The 36 new infections are among people posted at a Chilean research base and include 26 members of the Chilean army and 10 maintenance workers. Israel yesterday decided to hold a snap national election in March next year after the parliament failed to meet a deadline to pass a budget. The March election will come just 12 months after the last national election in the country. It will be yet another round of early elections in the country which has already had three elections in just two years. The two previous elections were inconclusive, resulting in a rare unity government comprising of two main national opposing parties. The two main parties include Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's Likud party and his rival-turned-partner Benny Gantz's Blue and White party. As per the three-year coalition deal, Netanyahu was supposed to serve as a Prime Minister for 18 months, with Gantz taking over in November next year. Gantz had also demanded that the government pass a national budget by December 23rd this year to bring stability to Israel's coalition government. Netanyahu, however, refused to lay down the spending plans for the coming year. 
Campaigning for the March elections has started already as Prime Minister Netanyahu faces public anger for his handling of the pandemic and his engagement in a corruption trial. The ongoing corruption trial for which Netanyahu was indicted late last year is the first such trial against an Israeli Prime Minister. He, however, has denied any criminal wrongdoing in the matter. Netanyahu will remain the Prime Minister until a new government is formed after the March election. This time, he will also have to face a new rival from the right wing, Gideon Saar. Saar is a defector from Netanyahu's own Likud party. If Netanyahu does become the Prime Minister again, it would be his sixth term as the Prime Minister of Israel. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh, 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 oh,